You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. The Oz Network. I had to do it. Come on. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we conclude Disney Live Action Month with a non-live action movie because we're doing this in preparation for the, quote, live action remake of this movie, unquote, The Lion King, 1994, blockbuster, the biggest grossing movie of 1994, the most successful animated movie of all time, well, traditionally animated movie of all time, and the one movie that we've done this month, which is actually good, and it will still remain the greatest version of The Lion King ever made, because we're not really that excited for the new one coming out next week. My name is Ben, and... I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, diddly diddly, there they are, standing in a row, bump, 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 big one, small one, some as big as your head, give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said, oi! Is that a real song? It's from Monty Python. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm Mallory, and what's going on here? Um, I don't know, what is going on here? It's an episode, and you're back! Which, I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Um, I'm excited. This is a great movie. This is my childhood. This is fantastic. Um, And we usually always start off with a bit of history. And I'm going to ask yours first because you didn't really give me much last week. And considering this movie was released two years before you were even born, you obviously didn't experience the magic of having this as your childhood. So... When did you first see The Lion King, and why don't you appreciate this movie more than you should? Probably as a child, but, like, I'm not one of the Lion King fanatics like why? you. What's wrong with you? I'm a princess child. But there's a princess in this. Nala, sort of. She's a lion. It's well, different. He's a king. She's a queen. So when did you... Well, you just saw it as a child, basically. I'm, I'm sure I saw it as a child. I just don't remember it very well. And and you hadn't seen it in a while, I'm guessing, or a very long while. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I think I mentioned last week. I mean, I was seven when this movie came out. I was the target audience. I was the child at the time when this came out. And um, I mean, you couldn't escape this movie in 1994. That really was everywhere in terms of being marketed and everything. So uh, I remember going to see this movie uh, with. There was a we we went funnily enough to this Christian sort of after school group thing on a Wednesday for some reason, and uh, there was a girl at this group who I I as a seven year old I I wouldn't say I had a crush on her I didn't know what a crush was to be honest but I liked her and so we decided that uh, she would come with us to see this movie and I remember her because she was the very first person I ever met who didn't have a TV, and I found that very odd. And I also remember the day we went and got her, because we went and got her and then we caught a bus into the city to see the movie, uh, her mum had just had a baby and had a home birth. So, you know, a lot was happening with this. They were very, like, hippie Christian, if that's a thing. That's apparently a thing. Anyway. Are you sure they weren't just hippies? Uh, you want to say that to the microphone so you can actually hear Are what you... Are you sure they weren't just hippies? I, I don't know, perhaps. I mean, Christians can be hippies and hippies can be Christians, right? I guess so. Anyway, so we went to the bus, saw it in the movies, loved it. Um, I had lots of Lion King toys afterwards. Um, I had a weird crush on Nala. I don't understand that to this day. I still don't understand. I just said I don't even know if I knew what a crush was when I was seven. So I was crushing on some girl from 
we called it Cooker. That was what it was called. And also a, an animated lion. Go figure. Um, and yes, that is that. I remember having a video game of this, playing it a lot when I was a kid. Um, I had a little stuffed Simba toy that I used to have. Um, I had it all, you know. Aww. Like the, the little nerdy Ben child. Yes, I was exactly. And then when it came out on video, I had it on video. I'd watch it all the time, and yeah, the, this is the one Disney movie outside of the Pixar films that I gladly love. And uh, this and Mulan, I would say. I love Mulan. And uh, also, I like the Emperor's New Groove. If that counts, is that Disney? I think so. Oh, I I'm pretty sure it is. I would have thought it was Pixar. No, it's not. Well, Pixar. That it's not Pixar. But Pixar technically is Disney in many levels as Can well. Can we watch that? That's a good Empress movie. New Groove. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, but so that was my history of it. Um, but, I mean, this is, I guess, in what is called the uh, the golden age of Disney, so to speak. This is when they were doing good things. And this is really the last of the, um, the good traditionally animated Disney films we would have. Because a year later after this, Toy Story came out and kind of blew everything out of the water when it came to animation. And from then on, I mean, I don't think Disney really had a a big hit outside of the um, the Pixar thing until Frozen, really, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, what did we have after this? Like, Mulan wasn't a huge hit. There was Tarzan. There was um, oh, that dinosaur movie that didn't do very well. Oh, I love that movie. I didn't mind that movie. Oh, it's... Um... It was just called Dinosaur, wasn't it? Wasn't it simply just called Dinosaur? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. What's the movie about all the dinosaurs? I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're thinking of Land Before Time. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's not Disney. That's um, and that was way before Lion King. That was in the eighties. I love that movie. Oh, that, I used to watch the movie all the time. Don't See, make me cry. That and Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales was my childhood. I remember Veggie Tales. Yeah. Like literally every single Veggie Tales. But I, Madame Blueberry. But this was like around this period, though. Like it was, it was. This is what was really interesting about animation at this point because. You bring it like Lamb for Ta- Lamb for Time again. Silly not- songs with Larry. I don't know that one. Um, but the you cucumber. had you also had around this time. Um, oh, it was like American Tale or um, I think that was Disney. No, the, the um the Rescuers. That's what I'm thinking of, and the Rescuers Down Under. I don't know what that is. They, it was like an animated thing. It was like, I think it was like a mouse and something like that, and there was a seagull and stuff. Um, all these Nemo. weird, yeah. Well, Nemo's Pixar, and that was your childhood. I was a bit old of that, but I'm just pointing out the early '90s were a good period for this animation. Just before Toy Story came about, and you know, just changed the landscape. Uh, an incredible time for animation. But uh, they do often say that The Lion King was the last of the the great original Disney films because I think Beauty and the Beast was 1991. Aladdin was 92, 93, I want to say. Uh, I like Aladdin. Aladdin's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. But I, I saw that at the movies as a kid. I had to choose between seeing Aladdin and The Mighty Ducks, and I saw Aladdin. Little five, six-year-old Ben. And he still regrets it. I do. I do honestly regret that decision, never having seen a Mighty Ducks movie at the cinemas. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's a bit of background there with Lion King. But, I mean, this film, just we'll talk a little bit more about it at sort of the end, about the the success this went on to have. But um, great time for animation. But we'll get through this. And I think um, similar to uh, The Jungle Book last week, I feel a, a lot of these movies, again, are pretty easy to get through quickly just because they're kids' movies and you can kind of cover it. And I think a quarter of this film is 
a song anyway. This is one of the greatest openings of any movies there ever is, though. Uh, you know, nah, it's parody to death. The sunset, and we just have an opening sequence of just animals. He's in the rocks, and uh, we've got this pointed rock, pride rock. Here it is, and we've got a lion, and we've got a monkey, and there's a little baby lion, and they hold it up, and great music in the circle of life playing over and there is little baby Simba and just being shown off to everyone and big titles come up on the screen, The Lion King and you don't really need more than that really. I mean, again, I always say I'm not the biggest musical fan but this is an epic soundtrack. The songs are incredible. The the score is incredible. I mean, you were singing along to this one. For someone who doesn't really like this movie, you you like the song. the soundtrack is so good. So you're you're definitely on that page that the soundtrack is... Heck... Yeah. You've got to admit, though, this, this, this opening is one of the best openings in a movie ever. Yes. But, I mean, it's 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 so well known. I think we should just go through this entire movie as Ben singing. Well, I think we should. It should be like the Greece. It should be like Greece. I think we'll take it in turns of singing. So it's my turn, you know, in the wind. It's the circle of life. Oh, the circle of life. In the we will find a Yeah, anyway. So they're showing him off like, cool, look at this baby. You gotta, you gotta admit though, and again, I blame. He's so cute. I blame honest trailers for kind of, uh, you know, again, destroying the illusion of this film. Uh, that they are basically showing him off to all these animals who are bowing down. Um, Simba's gonna eat half of these animals, uh, <laughs> one day. <laughs> like, they are all prey. Also, is it like, uh, water truce again? Is that what they called it in the Jungle Book? <laughs> like that was the only thing I could think of in that scene where all the animals were together bowing down to him. Possibly, but I mean, but the thing that I don't understand, I guess, is that we're going to see very soon that um, obviously all these animals bugger off because the hyenas take over and Pride Rock gets destroyed. But where then do they go? Exactly. But then when it rains and it comes back and Simba's restored, you know, greenness to the land. They're all back again, just to be eaten again. That's the only reason why things are prospering there, because they're back. Like, I don't understand why they're back. Like, he's the king of the jungle, what we were talking about last week. Where's the lion in the jungle? Here he is. He's in Africa. Pride Rock. And, um, boom, all these things are going to get eaten. Anyway, so, um, he's off. Great. Fantastic. Uh, we meet Scar, voiced by the incredible Jeremy Irons. And I'm saying this right now. You talked about last week there being two gay dads in the Jungle Book. Scar is gay. He is gay. Um, <laughs> Are Timon and Pumbaa gay? Yes, I would say they're gay as well. So, again, Lion King, very ahead of their time. They had three gay characters. Um, Rafiki's probably gay too, let's be honest. He's jumping no, around. he's just crazy. Asana, squash banana. Um, Zazu. Yeah, I reckon, you know, not, yeah, yeah I, I get a bit of a gay dar vibe there. Anyway, a lot of gay people or animals around Pride Rock. It's it's a very, it's Pride. There, there's your example of why there's a lot of gay creatures. Again, very thought of its time. It's Pride. Right there. We've, we've solved the mystery of Disney's gay background. You know that a 
a group of lions is called a pride. Right? Well, in yes, I do, but it's also a group of very happy people who fly rainbow flags. So good for them. Um, but yes, we've got uh, Scar is having a bit of a sulk. Scar is uh, Mufasa's brother. The uncle of Simba, again, voiced perfectly by Jeremy Irons. I don't even know who the voice of Scar is in this uh, remake next week, but I don't care. It's not going to even closely match how epic Jeremy Irons is in this film. And um, he's got a mouse and he's playing with the food. We meet uh, Zazu for the first time, also voiced epically by Rowan Atkinson himself. Now, I am slightly excited to be able to see John Oliver. I love John Oliver. Except the bird is so ugly, the real one. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to. John Oliver and the fact that we keep James L. Jones as Mufasa. But, uh, yeah, Rowan Atkinson is perfectly cast. And th- this really does come at a time of Disney where, um, I mean, Beauty and the Beast set the bar high, got nominated for an Academy Award, of course, for, for Best Picture, the very first um, animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture. But really... Still, Disney didn't necessarily go for the celebrity voices. They kind of just used renowned voice actors. You didn't need to rely on celebrity. Aladdin was the first to do it. Aladdin got um, Rowan, uh, not Rowan Atkinson, um, uh, Robin Williams, of course, famously, to do Genie perfectly. And and really from there on in, it kind of set this standard uh, of getting celebrities in to do voices. Of course, this film littered with uh, celebrities. And then, of course, again, we keep bringing up Toy Story, but it's important to note that time in history that a year later we would have Toy Story. And that, many people say, is also uh, to blame for all these animated films now just relying more on celebrities to voice their characters because, of course, with uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen at the peak of their powers. But um, Rowan Atkinson, though, beautifully cast. There, there's not one celebrity in this film that isn't cast well. I mean, you've got to admit that this this film is voiced pretty perfectly. Yes, I agree. You agree? I do. That's good. And you, you not that familiar with Mr. Bean. Uh, you've watched a bit with me. Mm-hmm. You've watched the Johnny English films with me. So you're not mm-hmm. overly familiar with Rowan Atkinson, are No, you? there was only like a moment or two where I was like, oh, like I see Rowan Atkinson as well. Uh, like, you know how... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I would disagree because I can firmly tell this is Rowan Atkinson, but I guess I've see, grown I up on like him. I, like, I wouldn't have been able to place his voice. I don't even know if I would have recognized his voice Interesting. without it. Well, well, I mean, Rowan Atkinson to me is one of these people like a John Cleese, you know, it's just kind of, a, you just, you know their voice so well. Um, so that, that to me is Doesn't why Doesn't Mr. Bean not talk? Well, no, he doesn't. That's right. But, I mean, Rowan Atkinson has played more than Mr. B. You know, he was uh, Blackadder, of course. Uh, he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. His very first film role, incidentally enough, was in a James Bond film. Well, a, a sort of James Bond film. It was the rival James Bond film. But, um, anyway, the point is is that uh, great cast. Jeremy Irons, Rowan Atkinson. Zazu is, uh, I guess, the uh, the helper of Mufasa. Uh, the king, who we saw before on The Rock, and we obviously haven't heard his name, but he's about to show up. Zazu is questioning where Scar was. Why weren't you at the uh, the ceremony of little old Simba? And uh, he basically is like, oh, no, I'm, you know, I will have to practice my curtsy for the future king or whatever it is. Um, Scar, ghost eat Zazu, and then Mufasa shows up, voiced by Darth Vader himself, James L. Jones. Now... I know you haven't seen Star Wars, 
But you do remember the Big Bang Theory episode with James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you like Star Wars? I like Star Wars too. <laughs> James Earl Jones is fantastic and just the fantastic voice. Uh, can you, I mean, you, you obviously surely know what Darth Vader sounds like. Well, outside of that, you've heard him speak. Uh, Luke, no. I am your father. Yes, I, that's That's it. I, I don't even know if I, like, I don't hear the quote in my mind. Well, what I'm trying to I ask... I know that's what he says. ...is can you hear the Darth Vader-ness? No, not right, at all. Okay, well, there you go. Um, so, Mufasa shows up. Where were you? Um, you know, you should have been there. And Scar basically, he's just he's just a grumpy old uncle right now. You know, he's obviously sulking. He's not going to be king. And um, I do like this little moment between Mufasa and Zazu where it's kind of like, you know, what am I going to do with him? It's like, oh, make a very good throw rug, sir. Um, so nice little moment there. We see Rafiki. Now Rafiki is the baboon. We did see him earlier because uh, he's the one who lifts Simba up over the rock. Uh, but he paints a little picture of Simba on the wall, and he's all like, ha-ha, Simba! Um, I like Rafiki. Rafiki's... I don't, not, honestly, I'll say this right now. There's not anyone in this film I don't like. Okay. I just didn't know if you had an opinion. Did you have an opinion on no. Rafiki or anything? You've got a cat on you right now. Rafiki is hilarious. I'm trying to think of... He's like the town wizard witch guy. <laughs> the town wizard Guy. There's like a name for it, but I can't think the of what idiot? it is. Sorry? The village idiot? No, it's like the the healer guy, the The Doctor. Yeah, the witch doctor. <laughs> um sure, we'll go with that. Um but then we next we get to see little Simba, he's grown up, he's a little kid now, and dad, 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 dad. Voiced by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Now I'm gonna assume you don't know who Jonathan Taylor Thomas nope. is. If you were a teenage girl in the 1990s... I was not. If you were, you would have had posters of him on your wall. He was a uh, little Mr. Heartthrob. You've seen Home Improvement, right? Yeah. Uh, he's the middle child in Home Improvement. He's Randy. <sighs> it's been a while, but okay. Uh, that's kind of what he got best known for. But, I mean, you know, he was in everything. He was in all the movies. Like, there was a Christmas movie. I think it was called I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, there's a really good uh, movie with Chevy Chase in it called um, Man of the House. A uh, really good movie, actually, uh, with him in it. Um, just everywhere in the 1990s. A great film, which I've tried to get you to watch many of times, and we just haven't gotten around to watching it, called Wild America. Uh, I know Colin and I have talked a lot about that film. Just great film. Anyway, he was the 90s everywhere. You know, everything he was in was a hit and whatever. But the point is, great vocal acting by little JTT, as he was known. Uh, True story, my parents wanted to call me when I was born. They were either talking between Jonathan Taylor and Thomas. So... There you go. There's a fun little thing I was like to say. So uh, he wakes up his dad and uh, little Simba and Mufasa spend the day together. We get the very famous moment where they're on top of the rock and, you know, everything that like touches Simba is our kingdom. It's like, what about that place over there? That is a shadowy place. You must never go there. And, of course, memes galore. You know, the famous one, I think, uh, for Tasmania, of course, is like, you know, everything the light touches is Hobart. What's that dark shadowy place? That is Launceston. You must never go there. Um, uh, I think also, you know, New York, New Jersey, Vancouver, Victoria, I don't know, other way around maybe. Um, so, you know, he's all like, oh great, this is going to be my kingdom. And 
Then he gives him the whole spiel about uh, the circle of life, that you want to respect every single creature, um, from the ant to the antelope. And we get this great little moment, but we eat the antelope. And it's like, but when we die, we become the grass, and the grass eat the antelope in the circle of life. Then we get this... You and I watched this weird version. It was like the special edition or something like this, because this is the one bit I'd actually never seen before. When Zazu shows up and kind of gives his morning report... I've only ever seen it where kind of he talks and Simba stalks a little ant or something and ends up pouncing on Zazu. But the version that we had, there was a song, a morning report song. Had you ever seen this before? Is that a real question? No, of course I haven't. I, I was choking on my own vomit there or something. That's disgusting. Um, It was just odd and it didn't fit. So I'm glad I'd never seen this before because... I didn't like it. So whatever this special edition version that we were watching just was rubbish. I didn't like that song. Um, so we get a bit and uh, Mufasa has to bugger off because there's hyenas in the Pride Land. And uh, there's a little moment between Zazu and Simba. Uh, Simba then goes and hangs out with his uncle Scar. And he's a bit of a dick here, Simba. Like, he's basically just rubbing it in that he's going to be king. It's like, my dad showed me the whole kingdom. And poor old Scar is just, you know, moping around that he's going to lose um, any chance of ever being king. Do you think I this is how like Prince Harry felt when um, when William had a kid? Maybe. Yeah. I feel like um, for a movie where from basically the very beginning you know that Scar is evil... The small child spends a lot of time with the evil uncle. Well, you've also got to ask the question. Is his nickname Scar because he's got a scar in his face or was he just conveniently called Scar and ended up with a scar? Like, why is this guy called Scar? I always assumed it was because he had a scar on his face. But, but like, what's his name without the scar? Is it, like, Reginald or something? Mufasa's brother? Mufasa Jr.? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Mufasa too. But even then, that's a little bit cruel if you think about it. Because, like, if I got a scar on my face, like, it's I don't want people to pay attention to it. Like, oh, scar. Yeah, but, like, listen to the rest of the names. Like, Nala and Zazu, and well, there's like no African way that names. scar is, like, his name. Uh, Simba, by the way, is uh, Swahili for lion, if you didn't know that. There you go. Um, Chai well, is some language for tea. <laughs> Bonjour is French Valot. <laughs> um, I was at work and someone was like ordering a chai tea latte and I was like, oh, like a chai. I said, oh, I was like, oh, and it's just the chai. And the mom was like, no, it's chai tea. And I was like, but it's a chai tea latte. So it's just a chai latte. And then I was like, oh, chai is, I'm pretty sure it's Chinese for tea. So when you say chai tea latte, it's like tea tea latte. It's like how people say ATM machines. Yeah. Which just pisses me off. Um, hmm. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Just like Scar. Poor old Scar. You know? <laughs> like, he's probably very self-conscious about his, like, deformity. Like, you didn't Is hear... that what turned him evil? We didn't have Shere Khan being called Scar, did they? Like, after he's got his burn on his face. Like, I'm sorry, people... Maybe Shere Khan means burn. <laughs> Maybe. The Lions of Pride Rock are dicks. Like, poor old Scar. No wonder he turns... Exactly, he turns evil for that. So, we're always trying to find um, the 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 reasons behind this. Who's a better villain, Scar or Shere Khan? I feel like I was more scared of Shere Khan. Wrong answer. I mean, Scar. Scar is the correct answer. He has a cool song, and he's gay. So, like, evil gay, like... 
that scary. Okay. Because gay people are very... Gonna org- dye your hair wrong. But no, well, they're very organized and very um, proper, and they would be very good at being evil. So that's why I would be more scared of a evil person who's gay. There's nothing against gay people. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like why I'm are all gay well. people organized? I don't understand. Well, because they are. Like that's a stereotype. Well, it is a very bad stereotype. Well, not a bad stereotype. It's a good stereotype. But it's like it's like how people use the word "gay" as an insult. Like you're so gay. Like I don't. I'm not insulted to be called gay. I honestly gay used to be happy. But like it's in that context today, where it's used as a negative connotation of like, oh, you're gay. Like. Thanks, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> like, besides the whole sleeping with men thing, I do wish I was gay sometimes. Um, you're moving Excuse the microphone me. a lot, and it's very annoying. Just uh, scratching it with your material. Just uh, apologize to our listener out there. Blame I'm Melody. sorry. Yeah, apologize more. They're very upset at you. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you should be. Um, if I was gay, I would be very organized right now <laughs> to fix this. That's not a bad stereotype. Say it was. I just said that you were stereotyping. I am, but that's not that's not the worst thing I've ever said on the show. Anyway, Simba's being a dick to Scar, who is being they mean they call him this. Um, I do like this conversation though. I like it when uh, Simba's like, "Hey, so when I'm uh, king, what does that make you?" And Scar's like, "I'm monkey's uncle." Ah, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, and if you, um, if you, that's not what I was trying to say. Um, he basically tells him, uh, in no lesser terms that there's an elephant's graveyard and of course his plan is to send old little Simba to his death, um, so that, you know, he can become king or easier that way. So this sets us up for, uh, Simba and Nala heading off into the elephant's graveyard. We meet Nala for the first time. She's getting it clean. She's having a bath. Uh, I do like that. Like I'm in the middle of a bath. Um, and, uh, of course, all their parents are like, where are you going? And it's like, oh, we're going to the watering hole. The watering hole? That's boring. And it ends up that Zazu's got to go with them. Um, Zazu implies that they're going to be married one day. Um, you're going to be betrothed. Uh, and then this all leads us into our next song. And, uh, this is your turn to shine right now. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. And you no one said do this. <laughs> no one said be there. No one said stop that. No one said see here. No, see here. Everybody look left. Everybody look right. Everywhere I'm standing, standing spotlight. Um, yeah, it's probably out of all the songs, not my favorite. But what? Hang on a it's minute. It's the best song in the entire movie. What are you? That is a lie. That is not a lie. It is the best. The best song is yet to come. No, it's the best song in the entire movie. I I will finish my statement by saying it's not my favourite. However, I don't dislike the song. It's the best one. It's just this movie is filled with great songs that this would be... It's the best one. Calm your farm. It's Uh, the best one. Um... I do like the bit at the end when Zazu is squashed by the uh, rhinoceros and it's like, I beg your pardon, madam, but get off. Simba, no, no. It's funny. Uh, so they've, they've gotten rid of Zazu. That's the point of this song. Um, and as they find their way into the elephant graveyard, they get a bit flirty. Uh, Nala likes it on top, apparently. Pinja, pinja again. 
Uh, and then they're in the elephant's graveyard, and then we meet um, the hyenas for the first time, voiced by uh, Whoopi Goldberg and one half of um, Cheech and Chong as well. Um, uh, I believe this is Cheech out of Cheech and Chong, if I'm not mistaken. Love Whoopi Goldberg. Like, just incredible. Please tell me you know who Whoopi Goldberg is. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, so just, again, stellar cast. Absolute stellar cast. And I like the hyenas. I've always liked the hyenas. They're, really? You know, they're the side characters of, you know, that give you the laugh. Remember in Aladdin, we was a um, Jafar's red bird. Um, you remember, you know the one I'm talking about? I know the one you're talking about, but I don't know its name. But, like, there's always, like, you know, the side little characters in all the Disney films. Like the armadillo. Yeah. Um, uh, Beauty and the Beast and the little teapots and shit. Um, Aladdin also has, there's the monkey isn't there and, um, the rug is a side character. What other ones am I thinking of? Little Mermaid, there's, uh, Flounder and... Flounder! Sebastian, isn't it? Isn't it the... Sebastian! Yeah. Um, and um, Mushu. Which one's Mushu? Me, Mu, isn't Mu, isn't his name in in Mulan? Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen The Little Mermaid. No, in Mulan. Oh, in Mulan. Oh, the dragon, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Oh, fantastic. And like, this is the thing I think with Mulan, which is so great, is because everyone assumes Eddie Murphy and voice acting is just Donkey from Shrek. But uh, he did, yeah, Mushu first. Mushu. Um, fantastic, fantastic movie. Uh, so, yeah, we've got the hyenas. You don't like the hyenas? No, they can't creep me out. Except Ed. Ed's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, but so Ed's th- the crazy cousin. He's like a little bit more crazy. Ed's a Vancouver Canucks supporter, basically. Excuse me. Basic t- typical Vancouver Canucks supporter. <laughs> um, <laughs> they get into a chase, um, and then they're saved by Mufasa, who comes along and saves the day. And then uh, he's pretty pissed off. Poor old Simba. You deliberately disobeyed me. Um, I, I, I'm assuming James L. Jones has probably fathered children uh, at some point in his life. I would be fucking freaked out if he was my dad. Like, if that's Darth Vader and Mufasa is your father. Like, Jesus Christ. Imagine him yelling at you. Like, that is... You're fucked. Um, I should have also mentioned the elephant graveyard, too. As they get walked off, we see Scar sort of staring over them. Uh, so, yeah, we get this... Um, scene where Mufasa sort of, you know, is going off at Simba, but they make up and, you know, nice little moment where sort of they wrestle around a little bit and, uh, you know, Simba's like, you're always going to be here for me, aren't you, Dad? And then he tells his story about how um, the stars in the sky represent all the uh, the kings of the past who are watching over you and I will always be here watching over you. Nice little moment. And this is, this is what I think this movie, like, does so well and... You know, we've talked about issues and everything in the last few weeks with all these live action films and all that sort of stuff. But like just the 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 themes of this film and how well it sets it up so well, the fact that we've got this great father son relationship with Simba and Mufasa. Obviously it's gonna end in tragedy, but then we kind of just get all these connections to it and I mean just everything about this setup is fantastic. And as somebody you keep saying you're not the biggest Lion King fan girl, but I mean, you've you've got to admit though, like this is some pretty good stuff they're setting up for us here. I agree. Like it's it's just deep. It's just deep and meaningful, and just the music here, where you've kind of got that theme in the background, the score, the like it's just oh, it's so good. Did did that really replicate the theme well? Do you think? Yes, it was beautiful. Thank you. Um. So yeah, nice little moment. 
Um, then we lead into what I am sorry is the greatest song in this movie. Uh, we have the hyenas recovering and they're sort of uh, bagging out the old lions. I do like the bit where they're like, they're, I hate lions, I hate them, they're ugly. Um, and then uh, Scar shows up and he's like, oh, we're not all that bad, are we? Um, gives him a, li- a zebra leg and then... Tells them the plan that um, in order to get things better, where they'll never go hungry again, they're going to have to kill Mufasa. And then we lead into Be Prepared. Best song in the Shittest entire movie. song in the entire Bullshit. movie. Bullshit. This song is great. Uh, be prepared for the world. Be worse for than the, the morning report song. No, morning report's the, the worst one by far. It, it's very, it's very dark. I mean, obviously, this is the villain song, so of course, it's incredibly dark. But just there's that shot when he's um standing over all the hyenas and they're walking, like it's very Hitler esque, like it's very Nazi the way they've kind of got like the uh, the soldiers looking up to him, almost giving him like the Ziegheil salute as they're walking along. Very dark for a Disney movie. Um, but, yeah, incredible. Just, oh, how can you say this song is bad? This song is incredible. No, it's really not. This song is brilliant. It's, it's crap. Such a great song. The setup, but this is what's going to happen. He's getting ready to kill Mufasa. <gasps> Plot twist. Um, do, do you watch, you obviously like your Disney animated movies, correct? Yeah. Now. <gasps> Thumbelina. <laughs> I love Thumbelina. That's exactly where I was going to go with my next question. Thumbelina. Um, you grew up with more computer-generated movies, sort of your age. Mm-hmm. Do you look at films such as The Lion King and think that they still look pretty incredible for the type of animation? Because outside of you not liking this song, visually, I mean, this is a pretty epic sort of set piece here that we're seeing with the whole cliffs going up and the fire and the things like yes. that. Yes. I agree that it is animated very well. But but I mean, do you... How do you look at movies like this which you, I guess, consider older than some because this was pre-you being born? Do you... Do you appreciate the aspect of how much they would have had to put into this animation or do you prefer computer-generated animation? What do you... I am not someone who notices these things. Like, respect to the people who did The Lion King and spent those hundred hours, or what, hundred thousand <laughs> hours, probably. You know, but like, it's not. I think that it's just, even though it's gone from, like, this kind of animation where everything is done by hand and takes forever to computer animation where everything also is like done by hand but easier to correct I think if that makes sense Mm. and also takes forever like my parents have a really good friend who is an animator and I was talking to him this one time and like it still takes a very long time to do things well I mean yeah I think it doesn't matter whether you do it by hand by computer obviously computers make it a little bit easier Um, but I think just any form of animation to me, while I might not be the biggest fan overall of animation, uh, as some people, it still is a a fascinating art form that people can um, put all of this and and make it, like, you you do get to a point when you're watching a film like this and you kind of forget you're watching animation. Like, 
I mean, you know you're watching animation, but you know what Powerpuff I mean? Powerpuff Girls. Uh, yes, right. We're that just, was my childhood. We're just naming shows now, are we? Or yeah. Thumbelina, Powerpuff Girls. It's like animation bingo. Um. Anyway, so um, Scar leaves little Simba on a tree because uh, he said he's got a surprise. Uh, the hyenas all of a sudden get all the um, the wildebeest uh, on the run, and this is where we get the big scene, all the wildebeest through the valley. And as you kind of pointed out last week, that you meant to just kind of stay in still in this situation, and little Simba didn't listen to our episode last week, apparently. Uh, so he goes for a uh, chase through this wildebeest stampede, and of course, um, Scar, you know, Mufasa, Simba's down there. And essentially, this leads to Mufasa trying to save Simba, sort of half does it, and he has to climb out of this big stampede. There's old Scar holding him onto the cliff, and then long live the king, throws him in to the wildebeest stampede. For the fourth week in a row, death by falling. Although, again, this week, kind of, you might argue it's the wildebeest that killed him, but whatever. We've still got another Disney death that involves falling. And this leads to the tear-up moment where you got to get a bit teary. Poor old little Simba. It's so sad. Shows up and Mufasa's dead and, you know, come on, Dad, we're going to get up. We're going to go home and... Curls up underneath Mufasa and old Scar rocks up and is like, what have you done, Simba? You know, you've killed your father and, you know, what will your mother think? And basically tells him to run away, never come back. And as he runs off, uh, he orders the hyenas to kill Simba. Uh, Simba manages to escape when he runs through a big prickle bush and the hyenas uh, let him go and say, if you ever return, we'll kill you. So, um... And I'll maybe just sort of cap it uh, as Scar goes back and uh, tells everyone that uh, Mufasa and Simba are dead and that the hyenas will now live in Pride Rock. I don't really see Scar's endgame with his hyenas. I don't see what that actually just gives him foot soldiers, I guess. They're his minions. True, true. Um, Do you remember seeing this for the first time and getting a bit teary? Uh, Tonight? I got a bit teary tonight too. No, I don't remember seeing this for the first time. <laughs> but, I mean, this is one of those ones that you're always getting getting to. So sad. We haven't really had many sad moments in the last four weeks, if we're being honest. Like, no. Dis- Disney movies generally have that sad moment in it, but we haven't had it in the last four weeks, have we? Even in the Jungle Book. Like, what do we have that was sad in the Jungle Book? When um, Giancarlo Esposito died, No. That wasn't even really sad, was it? No. How are they going to replicate this in the, quote, live-action version, unquote? We'll have to wait and see. Maybe he survives. Maybe Mufasa survives. And he's all like, Simba, I am your father, just because he's Darth Vader. No? No, I don't reckon. What is the um, the saddest moment in a Disney movie to you? Is this it? I'm going to go with yes because I can't think of any others. Your phone's about to fall down the crack, yeah, by the way. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that we have our own little wild animal right now because Stiggy is chasing a fly and he's just literally jumping all over us right now, not caring for anything. Um, sorry, what was your answer? Did, did you say that this was it? Or? I said this because I can't think of any others. Um, is Bambi a Disney movie when Bambi's mother dies? 
Yes, but I wasn't. Like, I don't really remember Bambi very well either. I would I would go out on a limb and say, I know it's not a Disney movie, but we talked about it before. Uh, and it's also to point out that Stiggy's lost his collar, by the way. Um, that <laughs> Stiggy, what you do? <laughs> um, Land Before Time, sadder, when Littlefoot's mother dies. I don't remember Land Before Time. That I remember like sad. the opening credit of Land Before Time where it says Land Before Time and there's dinosaurs <laughs> and trees in the background. <laughs> Littlefoot. The really sad part about Land Before Time is the uh, the voice of Ducky, the little young dinosaur in real life. Um, she got murdered, like her father murdered her. Um, and then, yeah. That's depressing. Yeah, it's very depressing. It's one of those like little uh, fact things. Like, you know that rumor that went about that the guy who's saying don't worry, be happy, killed himself? Like that's a long-standing myth. Not true. Brian McFarren or whatever his name is. Uh, Brian McFerry. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he's still well and truly alive still. Anyway, uh, we're getting sidetracked. Um, so, I mean, this movie's really, I guess, separated into three distinct parts. Kind of the beginning, this middle bit we're about to get to, and then the end. Kind of usually how most movies are set up. But um, I, should, really? I should have also mentioned that um, the... The source material. Do you know what the source material is for this no. movie? That what this is actually based on? No. Actually based very loosely on Hamlet by Shakespeare. Oh. So, uh, yeah. That's All right. where Disney got the idea from. But they did um, Hamlet with lions, basically. So, there you go. Uh, are you a Shakespeare fan? Me. No. That's the correct answer is no. <laughs> so, Simba's in the desert. He's... You think he's dead, he's getting attacked by vultures, but he's not dead. And then we get to meet the comic relief of this film, uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Here they are, everyone's favourite gay couple that is a a warthog and a meerkat. And uh, they discover Simba, he's alive, they bring him back to their their lair. They're not evil. (laughs) Um, They bring him back to their jungle, I guess. There's no book in this one either. Um, And just... I, I love I don't I actually don't know who the voice I, I need to look this up who the voice of uh of Pumba is, but I mean Timon of course is Nathan Lane, who's just a great actor, hilarious actor. And it's it's actually uh interesting that he's working with Matthew Broderick here because um him and Matthew Broderick are renowned um for doing great stuff on Broadway and uh they did of course the producers on Broadway, which they then did the movie version of it. Uh, which I've never seen, but I've heard it's really, really good. Uh, but Nathan Lane is fantastic. The voice of Pumba is Ernie Sabella, who I could not tell you who he is, but apparently he's also known for working in Broadway. So there you go. Um, but just some of the the really bad humour. Uh, <laughs> what's the motto? Nothing. What's the motto with you? Ah! And like probably my favourite when he's like. Oh, he looks blue. I'd say brownish gold. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, blue like depressed. <laughs> I love Pumba. Just Pumba. <laughs> you talking to me? It's I, Mr. Pig. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought that the farting one was in this movie, but it's obviously not. It's obviously in one of the other ones. What do you mean the farting one? Where they're all sitting in the hot tub and Pumbaa gets out and the farts stop. The bubbles stop. Isn't that like, um, yeah, I think that might be 
Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. Or, I have no or idea. Or there's that one and a half one, which is kind of Timon and Pumbaa's perspective whilst all the other stuff is happening before we get here. So, um, I actually have never seen that one. I have seen Simba's Pride. It was pretty rubbish. But um, uh, we this all leads us in, basically, to them trying to, uh, you know, they want to keep Simba. They think he'll come in handy. And then it leads us into... Hakuna Matata. I'd argue the most famous song from this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, well, that's a bit of a stretch because well. every song from this movie is famous. But I would say Hakuna Matata is one that most people probably know. Um, but yeah, great song. Um, it means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Best bit of the whole song is. When he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. And it's just like, he got so downhearted. How do you feel every time that I... Come on now, Puma, not in front of the kids. I remember being in the movies and everyone cracking up laughing when that happened. Um, So good. And it's throughout this whole song, you know, Simba learns to eat grubs. Slimy, it's satisfying. And then we get the transition when they're walking on the log and little uh, Simba's growing up. He's got the mohawk and then he turns in from Jonathan Taylor Thomas to Matthew Broderick, uh, who, of course, neither of them actually sing in this movie. Poor old Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Matthew Broderick. They're uh, replaced with actual singers. Uh, But, yeah, he's grown up and um, he's now adult Simba. How long does it take? You're an animal expert. For a lion to reach adulthood. Two minutes. Two minutes. Didn't you watch the movie? Uh, no, apparently I didn't. Um, but yes, yeah, so in a two-minute montage, he's grown up. Um, so, yes. How do you rate Hakuna Matata as a song? Um, it goes, Just Can't Wait to Be King, Hakuna Matata, Circle of Life. Interesting. Not Not a fan of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I don't know. Like, Hakuna Matata's just so happy, which is why it wins over Circle of Life. But then, like, Circle of Life is also great. Maybe they're tied. That's not even the question I asked you. I said, can you feel the love tonight? Oh, yeah. That's a song, too. (laughs) I always, like, I always think that one and Circle of Life are the same. Well, I think because Elton John did versions of both of them, but uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight was Elton John's actual song. Yeah. And I, I don't know, did he win the Oscar for that? I, I don't know no he was idea. nominated. Oh, I guess we'll get to that in our uh, little section at the end. I'm pretty sure he actually did because I know they often say he's an Academy Award winner. But um, anyway, so um, we, we get possibly my... Um, Favorite, uh, it did win the Academy Award by the way. It won best original score and then best original song. When the Elton John movie comes out, do they get to say that all of those songs are original songs? And then, based on that, will they win an Academy Award? Do you know what I mean? No, no, that doesn't work that way. So, um, you know, in Beauty and the Beast, when we watched it a couple of weeks ago, there's the song that the Beast sings when he's in the castle. Mm-hmm. That's a like a brand new song mm-hmm. for the, the new version, which they deliberately do for Oscar Bait. So that's purely what they do. There was one. Wait, so it has to be a new song. It has to be a completely new song. So like Les Mis, when Les Mis got nominated for a bunch of years ago, they introduced a new song. So if you are making a movie on a musical, yeah, you have to basically create a brand new song. Um, Interesting. Otherwise, because if it's an adapted song or a screenplay, so 
yeah, that's why like Bohemian Rhapsody didn't get nominated for the song Bohemian Rhapsody, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we, my favorite part of the entire movie is probably this bit when we've got Zazu in the cage. Uh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> Scar's just like, come on, sing something with a little bit of bounce to it. It's a small world. Oh, anything but that. And then we get the, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, diddly diddly, there they are, standing in a row, bum, bum, bum. And then Scar gets involved. I would like to know how all these animals know pop songs and like songs from Monty Python and when you get them singing in the jungle, the, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight very soon. Uh, and then Zazu, you know, mentions like, oh, this would never happen if Mufasa was here. And then we go, what? What did you say? And as part of Scar's rule over Pride Rock, he's outlawed the use of the word Mufasa. Um, so we learn that the hyenas show up, they're complaining that there's no food, and that none of the lionesses are doing any of the hunting. Um, so basically, Pride Rock's gone to shit. Scar, not a very popular leader. The Donald Trump of Pride Rock. Would you say that? Sure. Sure. Um, he too grabs, um, things by the nether regions, but not by the pussy. Uh, <laughs> I'm so funny. Uh, if there was an Academy Award for Best Original Joke... Um, it would be all yours. I would own the shit out of that. Um, so uh, we've got older Simba now lying under the stars with Timon and Pumbaa. I, I do love how Timon and Pumbaa don't age, but Simba does. Uh, so we've got Matthew Broderick laying under the stars now, and uh, they're looking up at the um, at the stars, and they're trying to work out what they are. I do like Pumbaa. You know, I always thought that they were balls of gas thousands of light years away. <laughs> Like the only thing about gas is you, and then Simone uh, uh, Simba tells the story about how he once heard that they were the kings of the past staring down, and they all laugh at him, and of course makes Simba upset, and he goes around and he sulks, and he sort of prances down on the cliff, and all these flowers fly up in the air. And I, I told this to you while we were watching this, and the the very famous myth about this film is that when those petals fly in the air that they spell the word sex because there's allegedly a dirty reference in every Disney animated movie littered in these movies. It's like in Aladdin, if you carefully look in the background of one of the palace scenes, there's a naked woman on the wall. Um, and there's all these other ones that they've tried to prove over the years. But they actually came out and had to uh, debunk this myth that it actually says SFX because at the time, the sound effects for uh, what they used or the digital method they used for the sound effects in this film were groundbreaking in 1994. So it was actually a nod by the animators to their sound department. So it says SFX, but people think it says sex. So um, it's a freeze frame moment. There you go. There you go. But through this, we see uh, Rafiki. Uh, Rafiki's eating a coconut and he looks in his little uh, little duvalaki dish thing and uh, he's alive he's alive um and then he gets all excited and then he draws a little mane on his little picture of simba that he did before and he's like it is time so uh he's gonna you know hunt down simba why are the middles of his coconuts orange and like sticky i don't know like i'm I'm guessing that's a that's not a coconut it's a coconut that's off i think like that's a rotten coconut (laughs) 
A um, really bad coconut. So, so when he's actually, you know, Rafiki's actually a pretty normal baboon. He's just kind of like, hello, I am Rafiki. Um, but, you know, he's going a bit cray-cray because he's eating some rotten coconut. So he's like, let's go banana. I don't understand that. Like, is he just insane? I just, yes. I don't, I didn't get that part. It's rotten bananas. Uh, rotten coconuts, I mean. That's what, um, uh, do coconuts grow in the African savannah? No, I think that you're making <laughs> up the coconut thing. <laughs> like, th- this is some creative licensing, Disney. I don't think it's a coconut. What is it? I don't know. You were the one who just said coconut. No, you brought it up first. But it's like a coconut thing. Like I'm that, Googling it. Give me a moment. It's got to be a coconut. What? And look, because he's singing up with a lovely bunch of coconuts. Does They're all rotten. Rough. This is the, the big answers that everybody listens to the Oswald Network eat. wants to know. What does Rafiki eat? Um, surely it's... Well, it's, it's loading. It's loading all. This is the, um, the key answer. Uh, he His name means friend in Swahili. There you go. Um, He's looking. I'm trying to see here if I've got on this bit... Um, no, it doesn't say in the bit I'm looking at. Anyway, it's some sort of fruit or something. Um, so, uh, we've got Timon and Pumbaa. They're walking through the jungle. This is where we get the wee Another great movie from, uh, 1994 used, um... The, the jungle in the jungle song and that was uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective that of course used this song uh, to imply that characters were having sex so again Timon and Pumba gay just pointing it out there ow Jesus Christ cat jumped on my leg and scratched me I've just been attacked by a lion in this Lion King podcast ow and this is the thing you can't hear him coming because he's not wearing a collar right now Jesus Christ. See, again, if I was gay, I would be organised and professional and edit that out. But um, I'm not. What? Was that in, Was that offensive? No. Mufasa's brother's name is Taka. Taka? Yeah. And so he's called Scar because he has a scar? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, sorry for that screaming a second ago. So Timon and Pumba walking in the jungle, singing the, the Lion Sleeps Tonight song. Um, Pumba's hunting a beetle, which is kind of funny because he's like pinning himself up against a tree and all that sort of stuff. And um, then all of a sudden we see another lion hunting poor old Pumba, chasing him through the jungle. Uh, Simba comes along and fights this as a female lion and they're getting along. Uh, and this female lion pins Simba and then straight away Simba's like, Nala? And then they have a little bit of a dance and they're all happy to see each other. And it's grown up Nala. Yay. Awesome. Um, and they introduce him to Timon and Pumbaa, they get caught up, and Nala mentions how basically Pride Rock's gone to shit, because Scar's a bad leader, and, um, basically, you know, I miss you, I miss you too, and this leads us into the song that we were just singing about, the Academy Award winning, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which, again, if anyone has ever seen the Honest Trailer, this song is, this song is ruined. Uh, can you feel the love tonight? Turns into, we are gonna pork tonight. Oh, we're totally gonna pork. Um, which I think is more appropriate. Um, have you completely zoned out now? I'm trying to figure out what he eats. Right, okay. Um, 
So, yes, after they do this and she kisses him because, of course, lions kiss by licking on the uh, the cheek, essentially. Uh, I do like with Timon and Pumbaa chiming in here and uh, singing and they end up crying at the end of it. It's funny. Um, Nala goes off at Simba. We needed you. The land's gone to shit. You're the king. And uh, Simba's just basically like, I can't go back. So he storms off and has a bit of a sulk. Uh, then Rafiki stalks him. I do like uh, Simba, you know, creepy little monkey, cut it out. Um, it means that you're a baboon and I am not. Um, and Rafiki basically reveals himself that he knows about Mufasa. You're Mufasa's boy. And he's like, no, Mufasa is still alive. Come with me. And leads him into a jungly area. And uh, this leads us then into seeing the big sky moment when Simba sees Ghost Dad in the sky. Remember who you are. Um, and, you know, tells him to go back to Pride Rock and Simba gets all excited. Um, and uh, I do like Rafiki smacking him on the head. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Uh, I love Rafiki. Rafiki's fantastic. Uh, so he goes back. Nala, meanwhile, wakes up Timon and Pumbaa, and um, Rafiki's there and tells them that they've gone back to um, Pride Rock. And I do, I do like the bit where Nala's trying to explain to Timon and Pumbaa. It's like, he's going back to see Scar. Scar? Who's got a Scar? His uncle. And who's the monkey? The monkey's his uncle? No! <laughs> It's like, he's going back to Pride Rock to challenge his uncle for the throne. Oh. Uh, so, funny little moment. Uh, Simba runs back to Pride Rock and everything's dead. He's all shocked and sad. Nala apparently catches up in two seconds because she can run fast. And then Timon and Pumbaa are there and they're all going to um go and save the day, basically. Which leads us really into the third act. Uh, of all this. Have you found any information out for me? Yes, just gonna... I'm just trying to find out if it's a real thing. Okay, and what is this so-called real thing? So. 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 The. 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 Waiting. There's two theories. Two theories. According to this thread that I was reading. Um, one is that it is the fruit of a bow, baobab? Baobab, baobab, tree, which is the kind of tree that he lives in. Okay. And it says that, wait, um, it isn't accurate because the fruit has seeds within it in real life, whereas the film is just juice. But I think that their theory might be right because when he shakes his stick, it rattles. Right. There's seeds inside. Okay. Um, the other theory is that it's a, oh, what was it called? Um, a something fruit, but I haven't looked that one up yet. I don't know what kind of fruit that is. Okay. All right. Well, yep. there you go. Well, we, I mean, that's a pretty dumb thing for that person to be like, well, it doesn't have seeds in it. Well, we didn't see the entirety of the fruit. There could be seeds in the other side of it. We just didn't see it. No. And you hear it, though. You do. That is a very good point, actually. Um, so, yes, we're into the third act now, and uh, I do like sort of Timon here when he's like, oh, you live here? Talk about a fixer-upper. Um, and then they they see the hyenas, and they talk about doing a distraction. And again, probably my second favorite part of the movie, when um, basically Timon's like, oh, 
how are we going to distract him? What are they going to do? Dress in drag and do the hula? <laughs> and then he does. <laughs> Such great. a great song. Are you aching? Yup, yup. For some bacon? Yup, yup. Oh, it's a big pig. You can be a big pig too. See, <laughs> now Mallory's getting attacked. Oh, God. So funny. This is what's so good about this film. Is it's, just, it's just actually legitimately laugh out loud funny, no matter how many times you see it. Um, so good. Um, and so they're going to separate. Sim is going to go look for Sarabi, his mother. And then this is, leads us into Scar Sarabi. And he goes off at her because he's not doing, she's not doing the hunting. And um, she brings up Mufasa. Scar slaps um, Sarabi. A bit of domestic violence going on there. And um, little little Simba's now big Simba up on the rock. Rawr! And not no, <laughs> he's really going to town on your foot. Jesus, diggy Scar right now. Kicked him in the face. Well, he deserved it based on that. Stiggy, how is your collar off? If you've broken your collar, so help me God, Cat. Um, yes, yeah, so anyway, uh, Simba's alive. We know that. Um, we've talked the whole movie about him. And basically, uh, Scar thinks it's Mufasa at first, but it turns out that no, he realises it's uh, Simba. And then this leads to a big confrontation between all the lions and the hyenas. And then Scar's planning all this um, this propaganda and rhetoric into everybody's minds that it was Simba who killed Mufasa. Uh, he doesn't really last too long here, Scar, in uh, p- making people believe this because then he's pushing more old Simba off Pride Rock and he quickly admits that he was the one that killed um, Mufasa and... Uh, you know, admits that, and then we kind of get into this big fight um, at the end uh, between all the lions, all the hyenas, and we get great little Timon and Pumbaa and Zazu moment when they break Zazu out of the jail, and then I do love uh, the hyenas. Who's the pig? Uh-oh, you talking to me? It's like, you talking to me? It's Mr. Pig! And he jumps in and does it. It's great. And I also love Rafiki showing up with his... um. Babunga bunga tree seed or whatever it was called. Balba. Balba tree. Balba. Start smacking the crap out of some hyenas. Uh, but then we yeah, we get the big confrontation between Scar and Simba on the rock and uh, the big epic fight. And Simba's like, I don't want to kill you. I'm not you, but you can run away, run away and never return. And, of course, Scar throws some embers into his face and get into a big fight. The animation here looks fantastic. It's in slow motion. It's epic. The soundtrack is great. And then um, Scar jumps through the flames and Simba kind of pushes him over and he falls off the cliff again. Another creature or character falling to their death, but he doesn't quite die because Simba doesn't uh, get away with killing him. But the hyenas turn on Scar because uh, Scar tried to blame all the hyenas. He's like, it's all the hyenas' fault. That was their idea. So all the hyenas turn on Scar and kill him. Now, I watched The Jungle Book a week ago, and we saw a tiger take on all those animals basically single-handedly. I'm sorry, Scar could have taken on these hyenas, but, um, you know, he was willing to die. And then this leads us to the pretty epic scene where uh, everything is one. The rain, there's a big fire. We should have mentioned the lightning strikes, so there's fire everywhere. The rain comes along, puts all the fire out, and Simba walks all the way up to the top of Pride Rock and roars, everyone roars. The kingdom is theirs again. And then it ends, everything's all green, all the animals are back, they've come back for some reason, because they think, oh, the lion's back, we're going to get eaten. And um, then, before you know it, um, there is another baby, the circle of life is complete, 
And it uh, comes down to, uh, it's the circle, circle of life. Another baby lion, uh, Nala and Simba have porked, and then boom, the Lion King. What an em- What a movie. What a great way to end. What, what's your thoughts on uh, the, the big fight, the finale at the end? I think it's funny that he gets eaten by the hyenas, and that's my thoughts. Nothing Fighting is bad. Fighting is, that's my thoughts. Fighting is bad. I'm wishing Pets Burn a happy birthday from Stiggy so that we can win him prizes. Right. Again, she's really paying attention. This is why I miss Colin, because, you know, Colin pays attention. I'm sorry. She just sits there on a phone and doesn't actually ever listen to anything that I say. It doesn't annoy me at all. Um, Stiggy, stop playing with your collar. It looks like you've actually broken it, which is great because we spent all this money on it for you. Can we just quickly pick this up and before I get to this thing here? And Mallory can actually do something useful for once and, and look at it. Has he broken it? Or has he? Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> don't they cost like $10? This is the second one, too. Is that the... Did we go back to Pet Man to get another one? Or yep. is that the... Yep, this is the new one. Obviously, they're not very good quality. So, uh, we might need to buy them a different one. Anyway, um, so, that was The Lion King. But uh, we obviously need to go over a few different things here right now. Um, huge hit. Obviously a huge hit. As I mentioned at the top, um, was a was a very, very big release. A lot of talking about it. Um, released a critical acclaim. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes is has, based on 123 reviews. Average rating of 8.4 out of 10. Uh, it is also ranked on the website as the 56th best animated movie of all time. That seems very low to me. Um, How does this have a worse rating than The Jungle Book? I have no idea. Uh, Sites critical consensus read, The emotionally stirring, richly drawn, and beautifully animated, The Lion King stands tall within Disney's pantheon of classic family films. On Metacritic, it has a score of 83 out of 100, uh, indicating universal acclaim. And on Cinema Score, it currently has an A plus rating. So there you go. Roger Ebert say uh, gave it a three and a half out of four stars. Called it a superbly drawn animated feature and wrote in his print review, "The Saga of Simba, which in its deeply buried origins owes something to Greek tragedy and certainly to Hamlet, is a learning experience as well as entertainment." Uh, and on the feel, uh, the TV show, sorry, Siskel and Ebert, the film was praised but received mixed reaction when compared to previous Disney films. Um and said it was not as good as Beauty and the Beast. Well, that's, of course, the animated version. Um, Hal Hinson of the Washington Post called it an impressive, almost daunting achievement and felt that the film was spectacular in a manner that was nearly become commonplace with Disney feature-length animation, but was less enthusiastic towards the end of his review, saying Shakespearean in tone, epic in scope, it seems more appropriate for grown-ups than for kids. If truth be told, even for adults, it's downright strange. And that's a very odd review, I have to say. Uh, And our bestie, Peter Travers, of course, uh, we talk a lot about him over on our uh, sister podcast, Double Oz 7, praised the film and felt that it was a hugely entertaining blend of music, fun, eye-popping thrills, and though it doesn't lack uh, for heart. Um, Interesting. Uh, And here's some interesting reviews. TV Guide... Uh, wrote that while Lion King was technically proficient and entertaining, offers a less memorable song score than the previous hits and a hasty, unsatisfying dynamic resolution. Uh, And the New Yorker's Terrence Rafferty 
considered that despite the good animation, the story felt like manipulating our responses at will between traumas. The movie serves up soothingly banal musical numbers and silly rambunctious comedy. That is ridiculous. People were going off against the uh, the music, which I would argue is probably the best music of any Disney film, the most complete. Surely, as somebody, again, who watches these Disney films, would you say this is maybe the most complete of all the soundtracks, given that even you don't like Big Prepared? I mean, you've got a bit, all these songs are memorable in their own right. I mean, there's got to be some... I agree. You think about Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. I mean, what are some of the songs? I, I don't know any of the other songs in those movies outside of the main songs. Um, Beauty and the Beast. And there's Be Our Guest. Be Our yeah, Guest. Yeah, but outside of those two. And there's the Beauty and the Beast song. Yeah, two. Little and Mermaid, you've got Under the Sea and... Under the Sea. That's it, right? Aladdin, um, a whole new world. No, you also have the Ursula song. I couldn't tell you what that is. And the celebration song. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I can't think of it because I'm thinking of the Under the Sea song now, <laughs> which I have stuck in my head already. Um, yeah. Mm, anyway, I, I would agree. I would argue this is probably the most complete Disney soundtrack there is. Um, uh, accolades. It received four Golden Globe Award and Oscar nominations. Um, ah! That Sorry. is a very interesting <laughs> noise. Um me. It won two Golden Globes for Best Motion Picture Musical Comedy and Best Original Score. And it won two Academy Awards, Best Original Score for Hans Zimmer, Legend, of course, and uh, Best Original Song for Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Uh, Circle of Life and Hakuna Matata were also nominated. Uh, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight also won the Grammy Award for Best Male Vocal Performance. And Lion King also won Annie Award for Best Animated Feature Best Achievement in Voice Acting for Jeremy Irons and the Best Individual Achievement Story Contribution in the Field of Animation. Um, nominated for two uh, Saturn Awards, some British Academy Awards. It was nominated for a shitload of awards. And in 2008, Empire Magazine named it the 319th greatest movie ever made. And in 2011, Time Magazine named it as one of the 25 best animated films of all time. And the American Film Institute named it as the fourth best animated film of all time and also has placed Akuna Matata as the 99th best song on their 100 Years 100 Songs ranking. And in 2016, it was preserved by the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as a film of culturally, historical, or aesthetically significant. So it is uh, permanently in the realms of history, uh, this movie. That's how significant it was. Um, Box office-wise, now this is where it's interesting, because for a very long time, this actually uh, was the most successful animated film of all time. Grossed $312,855,000. $561 in its initial run. They did re-release it a couple of times. There was a 3D re-release of this film, uh, among other ones. So its total domestic gross actually is now $422 million. Foreign, it made $545,700,000 for a total worldwide gross of $968,483,777. It's the 22nd most successful movie of all time domestically and the 41st most successful movie of all time worldwide the highest grossing film of 1994 domestically there's a little fact for you now here's a trivia one for you mallory foster 
I mentioned this was the most successful animated film of all time. Until what movie? What year was Titanic released? It was Titanic animated. Oh, animated. Animated. Um, I want to say Avatar, but that can't be right. It's not animated. What? Avatar's not technically and Avatar's going to fall in the same category as the new Lion King movie is that it's mm. plus there's real people in Avatar um Frozen no before Frozen uh yeah the movie that I'm thinking came out in 2004 it, it's actually it's very surprising because I remember when this movie came out and it broke the record I was shocked that this movie is the one that did it because I didn't realise at the time how successful the movie that I'm about to say was. Can I have another hint? Um, it is a sequel to another animated movie. Um, it is based around fairy tales without being a fairy tale. We've already mentioned an actor in this episode who voices one of the characters. That won't help me. The can- there's a Canadian does the main voice. <laughs> Shrek 2. Oh. Shrek 2. That was not what I was expecting. To break the record. But two movies have since broken the record. Which are Frozen. No. no? Frozen is the, uh, did not make as much as Lion King. Frozen is the sixth most successful uh, animated movie oh. of all time. Uh, I'll give you uh, the... So Frozen is number six. Toy Story 3 is number five, Lion King, number four, Shrek 2, number three, Finding Dory broke the record as the most successful animated movie of all time Mm. in 2016, but it has since been eclipsed in 2018 by The Incredibles 2. That doesn't surprise me, Which is now the most successful animated movie of all time. Because we waited so long for it. The Lion King still remains the most successful traditionally animated movie of all time. So, there you go. And also, apparently, The Lion King is the most successful VHS of all time. That doesn't surprise me, actually. So, there you go. There's a statistic for you. Um, it's opening weekend uh, of The Lion King. Um, I will try and pull this up. It, uh, it had a limited release... Um, where it only made a million dollars, basically, and it was released at the same time as Wolf and Getting Even With Dad. I like that movie. Um, and Speed, which, of course, we talked about earlier this year, was in its second week that week. Uh, but, you know, its wide opening release made $40 million, which really doesn't sound like a lot, uh, but I guess at the time it was. And uh, interestingly enough, Speed was still number two that week as well. Um, and we, uh, Colin and I talked a lot about how... Great a year 1994 was for movies uh, in general. Um, and actually, I'll correct myself. I said Lion King was the most successful 1994 movie of all time. It wasn't. Sorry, Forrest Gump was. But, I mean, I'll just, I just... We did this in our 25th anniversary ones of Speed and of True Lies. But just to go through the top 10 of 1994, how great these films are. And I want you to tell me how many of these you've seen. Uh, the Forrest Gump. You've seen... We watched that. Yes. The Lion King. You've yes. seen that. Did you watch True Lies with me? I don't think you no. watched it with me. Great film. But I'm pretty sure I've seen at least parts of it. The Santa Claus. Yes. Great movie. Best Christmas movie of all time. 
uh, The Flintstones. Decent movie version. I, I didn't don't know if I've film. seen the movie. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yep. Great movie. Clear and Present Danger with Harrison Ford. Nope. Alec Baldwin in it too, I believe, from memory. Speed. I don't think you watched Speed with me. No. Nope. Great film. The Mask. We watched The Mask on a Plane. Yes. We did. And I don't think you would have seen Pulp Fiction, but great nope. film. That is maybe one of the most complete top tens ever. And then you look outside of the top ten at some of the other great films this year. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. We had Stargate. Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, The Crow, Natural Born Killers, Little Women. That's actually a pretty good movie. I love Little Women. The River Wild. What a great movie. D2, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, the the first uh, live action version of The Jungle Book uh, was released. Richie Rich, uh, Street Fighter was released. What a great year for movies, 1994. And Shawshank Redemption, often regarded as the greatest movie of all time, Still hard to believe that only made $28 million. It did not make that much money. It was not a box office smash, but arguably one of the greatest movies ever made, The Shawshank Redemption. Have you seen The Shawshank Redemption? Nope. Great, great film. Um, and, yeah, we don't really have the IMDb keywords for you because, again, I'm on my phone here, so um, I guess Lion would be one of them. King. Gay Uncle. <laughs> Gay Meerkat. Um Hyena dying. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Fight, kitty, fight. Fight, kitty, fight. Um, well, what are we doing with this film? I think we have to buy it. Well, no, I, you know I'm going to buy it, but I want you to be honest here. What What do you think you would do with this film? See, I just don't feel compelled to watch it again. <gasps> I'm sorry. So are you are you going to rent it? Are you going to buy I th- it? I think I'm going to rent it. Wow. Wow. Mallory Foster rented The Lion King. Oh, sorry. Jesus Christ, woman. Can I have that ring back? No. See, like, at least in Star Wars movies, you know, I mean, you should buy them, but you'll probably not buy some of them. But, like, I hope you do. It'll make me very happy if you do. But, like, The Lion King. How do you not buy The Lion King? My Lord. Um, if yes. it's in between The Lion King and Star Wars movies, I'll buy it. But again, you haven't seen Star Wars, so you can't really comment that. Um, how? Just quickly, I mean, obviously, it's a clear buy for me. Uh, but can I ask, you've watched all four of these films with me in the last month. Obviously, uh, you've only been on two of the recaps, but you did watch Maleficent and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, how would you rank the four? Beauty and the Beast. Lion, mm. Jungle Book, Lion King. No, I like the Lion King better, but it's just that, like, I would love to watch the Jungle Book again. I just enjoyed the Jungle Book more. Okay, so you'd put Jungle Book, Lion King, Maleficent. Yeah. Uh, Lion King, Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Maleficent. That one's easy. Uh, final question I'll ask you. Uh, has this movie made you... More excited for seeing... No, I think it's made me less excited. You watched the trailer before we watched this. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Maybe I should buy it. Buy it. I feel like I'm talking myself into a buy. Buy it. Yeah. Yay. We're checking out at the counter. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, obviously next week we're going to be going to see the, quote, live action, unquote. Um... Yeah, I'm just not feeling it because I love this movie so much and watching this movie just reminded me how great this movie is, how important this was and, yeah, I'm scared to see this movie next week. Anyway, 
that will come next week. The Lion King. Uh, we will do a spoiler-free review of that, of course, and um, I will be intrigued to see how that plays out. I don't know whether or not Mallory will you'll be with us, or they'll just be calling an eye, or how it will play out. But um, if you're not with us. It's been fun. Um, we also, uh, I guess our next big major one that's probably, I think, about two months away, month and a half away, really. Uh, we, we might have something in the middle. It depends if Mallory and I can be bothered or Colin and I decide to do something extra. We don't know. But the one that we've definitely got locked in, 100%, of course, is our uh, Terminator. It's not really a month. It's a Terminator five-week. You've never seen any of the Terminator films, have you? Nope. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited because obviously it was a huge part of my childhood again, growing up watching Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 with my dad showing me action films and Terminator 2 to this day, one of the greatest movies of all time and probably the top five greatest sequel ever made. Um, I don't mind the first Terminator. Um, I would probably not rank it in my top three favourite Terminators, because uh, I have the unpopular opinion that Terminator 4 Salvation is a lot better than people give it credit for. And as is Terminator 3, I think Terminator 3 is very underrated. Um, and then I've never seen Terminator 5, which apparently is absolutely rubbish. But it's going to be sad when we, we talk these films up, knowing that the Terminator 6 basically ignores the fact that Terminator 3, 4, and 5 ever existed, and they just it's a direct sequel to Terminator 2. So, welcome to the world of movies. But then that gives us an even step closer, because whilst we're doing Terminator, we will obviously have to start. You're kind of going to have two months paralleling with each other, because we've got uh, a grand total of ten Star Wars films to get through. Woohoo! In the lead-up to uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Um... Uh, Skywalker, whatever the fuck it's called. It's a dumb name for it, but um, <laughs> we're still excited for Star Wars. How excited are you for Star Wars? Woo. Yes, correct answer. But uh, it's been an interesting month when it comes to Disney live action months. Um, not my favourite month that we've ever done, if I'm completely honest. So I blame Colin. But again, it's always interesting to do movies that we're not necessarily... Uh, huge fans of, but I ended up buying two out of the four, so that's pretty impressive if you ask me. Uh, in the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, you can subscribe to us on all the podcast channels that you, you can follow find at StiggyGram on Insta. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, we're also on Instagram, the Oz Network. Um, that too. Jump on iTunes, leave us a review, subscribe. Um, please, yeah, Give us a rating out of five. I'd give us a four. Complain today. about Mallory. Complain about Mallory. Complain about Ben. Uh, if you are gay and I've offended you by saying that you're organized, um, I'm sorry. That's the weirdest thing I've ever had to apologize for. For I kind of feel complimenting you. But if that's offensive, it's 2019, so it probably is. So I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, we thank you for sticking with us this month. And... Um, you are really annoying me the way you're shaking that microphone. Why are you sad? No? Okay. Thank you for tuning in to the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and actually it's Mr. Ben! Cute. My name is Mallory, and I don't have a closing quote because I suck at this. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.